June, which marks Louder with Crowder's second annual Cultural Appropriation Month, where each week we take you to a new and exciting culture. This week, we travel to the mysterious, ancient, and tasty culture of India. All right. You know that sound. It's the sound of the weekend, apparently, mm-hmm. now. <laughs> oh, uh, glad to be with you. Of course, Cultural Appropriation Month continues. To whoever guessed it, you get a free T-shirt. Free T-shirt. This free week t-shirt. is the culture of India. A uh, little known fact about India. Swear to you, this is true. 50% of Indians defecate out in the open. That's true. 100% mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A great country. Also, Dalsham. Not a good choice in Street Fighter no. 2. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the stretchiness. You think the stretchiness, then you realize Mm-mm. he is weak as a yogi from India who doesn't eat beef. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at notgayjared, me at Crowder. I feel my legal obligations, story on conclusions, we good? <laughs> at G. Morgan Jr. is here. Hey, Mr. SimplifiedWine.com, what's the wine of the day? We have a curry-favored wine from southern India. Sounds gay. Also contaminated. So we have (laughs) great... I think I ripped a button on this, honestly. Yeah. Oh, jeez. These are itchy as hell, by the way. Francine Wardrobe. She's not going to be happy. No. I did. I uh, broke something. uh, Oh, yeah. Where's there's a button uh, here? That that happens. No, this is not... The show must go on. This is not a good opening. We have uh, Dave Cullen on the show. Dave Dave Rubin. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're just daving the hell out of things. Also, Dave, uh, Dave. Dave Rubin has a gay lover named Dave. Dave. And I'm going to ditch well, the awkward. mustache. But Oh, there, there, I, didn't, I didn't see this. He manages 7-Eleven. Well, that makes sense. We'll get letters. I'm an owner. <laughs> <laughs> Franchise that bitch. Thank you. Come again. I took pride in the American dream. <laughs> Stick a penny, leave a penny. No dink. No dink. <laughs> so uh, we will have them on. And, of course, we are going to get to uh, this infamous New York Times piece today uh, that talks about the the shooting that occurred yesterday. The politicization has already occurred. You saw us talk about this yesterday, but it's occurred. It's in the New York Times. This is why they call it fake news. We'll get into all of that and more, but right now let's talk about other news. Uh, Interesting story. Not Gay Jair was the one who (laughs) (laughs) brought this up. (laughs) The lengths we go to for you. Just Uh, for you. And it's hard for me to speak. So if people listening to the audio version saying, why does he sound like It's because this glue has glued my face shut. It's like yesterday. Swedish <laughs> hospitals, this is a true story, uh-huh. are testing defibrillators delivery via drone. Nice. They're dropping defibrillators by it's drone. flying spiders, This is true. The they say speed kills, and they found that they've been able to deliver the, defibr- the defibrillators in an average <laughs> of five minutes. <laughs> the defibrillators, we don't have them. We just die. We just die. Uh, in five minutes, 21 seconds, that's compared that's, to the 22 minutes. Wow on average for the ambulance. Oh, wow. That's great. So that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I commend them for that, for being innovative. By the way, the, the, they, the drones have been doing the Lord's work in Sweden for a long time now, as they've been using them to, to airdrop rape whistles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will save you. Awesome. Air traffic control, nightmare. I can't imagine. I was trying to get to that, <laughs> yeah. but the hair engulfed and just Dropping down, rape like, whistles. Yeah. We have a rape whistle drone. Do we have clearance for... Everyone needs clearance. I don't know. <laughs> There's so much of it. It. Uh, by the way, little known fact, it, it doesn't really work because it turns out in Sweden, this is, this is where cultural... This is why cultural appropriation matters because there yeah. are cultural differences. Yeah. Here we think of what a rape whistle is, but actually in Sweden it acts more like a dog whistle. Rape whistles actually just serve to attract more rapists. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. I need help. Uh, I am being attacked by rapists. Okay, now did you use a rape whistle we care drop with the drones? Yeah, I used the rape whistle you care drop with the drone, but now the problem is there's only more rapists? Now there's so many of them. You sound surprised. I don't know what they expected. Ooh, it's happens when you normalize it. Sweden with the rape has been on a very Ouch. rocky road for a long time. Now it's even infecting the locals. Mohammed Jehadin! Mohammed Jehadin! Taking the rape! Taking high, give it to you! Mohammed Jehadin! I'm just a tourist. No, Swedish chef, how far you've fallen. I used to look up to you. Yoko Ono uh, just got today. 
Today. She finally got a credit because she claims she was uh, helpful in writing the song Imagine. <laughs> so she officially, uh, got a, a, she officially got a writing credit for the song Imagine. So that's why it sucks. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> sheds some light on the story. <laughs> Whenever I say that, people are like, how could you say that? It is such a horror. Not only, it's just the melody isn't anything special, but it is a horrible song if you actually listen to it. Yeah, it's, it's changing now. Apply the words. It's, it's, it's sucks. total collectivism. <laughs> and by the way, uh, here to deliver, and I used to get craft, but here to deliver a more accurate version of Imagine is uh, our very own uh, show favorite, Owen Benjamin. Owen. Thank you, Stephen. I always liked the song Imagine by John Lennon until I really listened to the lyrics and then I noticed some stuff. So here's my impression of my reaction to the lyrics of Imagine by John Lennon. Imagine no possession. Didn't you write this in a $30 million apartment? It's easy if you try. I don't even have to try, John Lennon. I'm actually poor. No hell below us. So then what's stopping me from shooting you? Above us, only sky. Then where is my nana? Imagine there's no countries. Then why'd you move to America and not Nigeria, you limey bastard? Do you even pay our taxes? It isn't hard to do. Then get out of America if you don't believe in countries. It's actually an infuriating uh, song about uh, communism written by one of the richest people in America at the time. So, uh, yeah. Congratulations, Yoko Ono. Thank you, Owen. We Ooh. appreciate it. In hindsight, Should. the original Should. sucks. Yeah. It sucks. You suck. You're not be good. You're no talent. Never be good. If you were any good, you'd go and get yourself a gig. <laughs> Instead of getting assassinated in front of your Upper West Side penthouse and ruining everyone's rest of the day. <laughs> that voice with that, co oh, that costume. We've tried to have him on the show. Yeah. I don't think we will. He's a far left uh, feminist. All right. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe. I got to make sure I got his name right. Uh, he claimed at <laughs> a press conference that gun violence kills 93 million Americans. Per day, yes, really. I have long advocated uh, this is not what today is about, but there are too many guns on the street. We lose 93 million Americans a day to gun violence. I mean, I've long talked about this. And I know what you're thinking. That sounds bad on its surface, but surely yeah. that was just a one time gap. But this, obviously, with 93 million people a day, it's just something. <laughs> See the guy in the background? Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, when questions on his blatantly fallacious numbers, uh, the governor claimed he was dyslexic. And when they informed him that dyslexia only affects letters, not numbers, he drank a bucket of salt water, crapped himself, and went unconscious. So <laughs> don't expect a ton of <laughs> a reasonable results. But 93 million Americans, one of those that things sometimes where you think it seems so high that you're like, maybe there's something that I'm missing. So here to make sure we get this right is our on-the-field fact check reporter. Yes, or on the field uh, fact check reporter because he couldn't do this from home. So, no. uh, Lotto Crowder, on the field fact check reporter. Uh, I think you're there. Uh, can you answer me? Is his claim that 93 million Americans lose their lives to gun every day is, is that is that true? What? I believe we've cleared that up. Thank you very much, Mr. Fact check reporter on the field. It's always useful. Yeah. It's always yeah, useful it's, to have people out in the field. Yeah. I think we'll make good use of him. B busy street, too. Apparently, yeah. he just goes in the field and, and uses his iPad. Uses really, his just iPad. a travel expense. <laughs> <laughs> but Clever good, one. Good gig if you can get Clever. it. Clever. All right. So this is before we have to get to our guest soon, but uh, this was a New York Times piece. This is why people use the term fake news. This was in the New York Times. Yeah. We read it this morning. We knew right away. We wrote about it at loudwithcutter.com. All the, the politicization in the wrong way about this tragedy, not the politicization in in the way that uh, the guy was a radical leftist Bernie supporter who <laughs> wanted to kill people because yeah. of their political beliefs, but politicization with gun control. So there was a piece called "Rhetoric and Bullets," written by Charles M. Blow in the New York Times, and uh, it's so riddled with bullcrap. Um, gentlemen, I think uh, I think this requires a conference call. Conference call. Hello, Commissioner Bullshit. Bullshit, man. 
Oh, it's Crowder. How'd you get this number? I don't know. I told you not to give it out at parties. We'll talk about that later. Huh? Yeah, never, never mind that. Hey, bullshit, man. Have you uh, been reading this, this article here in the New York Times? Have you seen that today yet? Yes, of course I read the New York Times article. Uh, bullshit, man. You don't think I'm on this? Uh-huh. Okay, hold the, hold the phone for me. Yes. Not so, not, not so tiny, can you? If I'm in the receipt, there we go. Yes. No, the very first paragraph reads, in 2011, after Representative Gabby Giffords of Arizona was gravely injured and six others were killed by shooter in Tucson, they opened the column by referencing a shooting that occurred years ago, which in relation to this article is erroneous, that's bullshit. Yeah, uh, but what what else does it go on to say? Then it goes on to say, yes, Republican personalities and officials in the wake of Barack Obama's election had spoken openly about the Second Amendment remedies and being armed and dangerous and revolution, but it was not possible to connect the dots between that irresponsible talk and Tucson shooter. See, he says connect the dots, but do you notice something? The quotes have no references, are completely unsubstantiated, and thus are bullshit! Yeah. Well, it, it definitely does seem as though, uh, as though it's pretty clear, I'd agree. I know, he clearly knows the motive. Hold on, let me skip that. Okay, then he writes, As Kathy Waldman wrote for Slate last June, this is the New York Times, and one of the first source links in the piece is Slate! That's his first reference, that is bullshit! Give me back the phone. Really, Slate, that's a first one. Um, that's not surprising, though. Is it, did it get any worse? Oh, it gets worse. Okay. Couple paragraphs down. He writes, the shooter, identified as James T. Hodgkinson, appears to have had strong liberal, anti-Trump, anti-Republican views. Sounds like we're going in the right direction. But then he says, among other things, he was a volunteer for the Bernie Sanders campaign. I like where this is going. But at the time of this writing, authorities had not announced a motive for the shooting. Not announced a motive after this whole paragraph. That's what we call self-explanatory bullshit. Seems like a, a pretty uh, obvious pivot if uh, if a stretch of a point. I know, that was pretty bad. Okay, hold on, hold on. I, uh, there's more. It gets worse. Uh, let's see. Bullshit. Bullshit. Well, oh, okay. Here's some real bullshit. He writes without a hint of irony in this paragraph. And I quote, uh, What I abhor is ideological exploitation that reduces these acts to a political sport and uses them as weapons to silence political opponents and their rhetoric. What's wrong, bullshit boy? Bullshit, man. I have a lack of self-awareness headache. Oh. Quick. Take these anti-bullshit pills. Take two and call me in the morning. Wait. With your body weight, take one. Do you take two? Oh, shit. You'll just sleep a while. Okay. He then goes on to write. As the Washington Post reported, Wednesday's shooting was the 154th shooting so far this year in America. That's 154 mass shootings in just 165 days. Violence, particularly gun violence, is the American fact. The American shame. Uh, what? And he ends the transition into this, okay? The very next paragraph. This country has a violent culture. Yes, that's true. We do have a violent culture. In one place, it's Colantino! And then, right here, he's politicizing this issue by denying the fact that the shooter was a Bernie Sanders supporter, instead pivoting to gun control to politicize the, 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 the issue. It's so much bullshit! Okay, you sound like you're getting a little, you sound like you're getting a little worked up. I can't hear you, uh, I can't hear you that well. What's going on there? No, I, I didn't get all that because bullshit boys in the fetal position, hold on. Okay, uh, right in uh, another paragraph. He says, so here I must take a stand in defense of rhetoric. While rhetoric should never promote violence, it needn't be timid. Needn't be timid, do you mean like the kind of rhetoric that includes Tim Kaine calling for fighting in the streets? Or, or timid like Kathy Griffin holding up a severed head of President Donald Trump in emulation of, of ISIS? Or timid like assassinating President Donald Trump of Shakespeare in the Park? Which Faree Zachariah bullshit CNN claimed was a masterpiece. Or do you mean timid like when Huffington Post claimed that in the wake of Trump era, violence is a totally reasonable answer. That kind of bullshit, timid. Yeah, I hear you bullshit, man. It, it definitely does seem as though uh, there's been a culture of violence. It does seem like there's been a shift in tone. I, I, you know, you do have to wonder how, how much uh, of it for which the, the, the left is culpable, if, if at all. 
Well, that's very astute, because the answer to that violence might be right here. He concludes the article by writing, in some rhetoric is necessary and real. I believe Donald Trump and Republican-led Congress are attempting to do very serious harm to the country and its most vulnerable citizens, and I will never stop saying so in the strongest terms I could summon. For many people, this isn't an abstract policy debate between partisans. For them, these debates, like about repealing the Affordable Care Act, for example, is about life and death. But that has nothing to do with promotion of physical violence. It has everything to do with protecting the country from administrative and legislative violence. Oh, bullshit! On a stick with a Swedish rape whistle! What the fuck? Oh, okay, so, um, and it goes on. It literally writes that the Republicans are trying to legislate violence against its citizens and then wonders why its leftist citizens react violently. If they believe there's systemic violence against citizens, that is like calling it a thought regime as a response to act violently. It's appropriate that this is so much bullshit. I can't even. And I don't want you calling this number again. It's a commissioner bullshit exclusive. Okay, thank you, You're bullshit man. Thank you. No, I, yep. Uh, right, well, that's, I think, I think he's done. He is very helpful, but you know what? The man is very passionate. And sometimes that's just part of the struggle. We have Dave Cullen coming up next, and then Dave Rubin. on the program. We missed him. We missed when him When we were completely. in Ireland, and we were going back and forth on, on Twitter direct message, his YouTube channel, I hope I get this, I'm gonna get the number wrong, is youtube.com slash L-A-C-K- 78. 78, Dave Cullen on uh, on the Twitter, what is Dave Cullen F- C-F. C-F, Dave, at Dave Cullen C-F, at Dave Cullen C-F, at Dave Cullen C-F, because now three times, we'll make up for it. Dave Cullen, thank you for being on the show, sir. Thank you for having me, Stephen. What what happened? Why did you just put on that creepy voice? I have no idea. <laughs> My professional speaking voice. <laughs> I need to appropriate Englishness or something. This is cultural appropriation night again, is it not? This is yes. India today. We it's because to appropriate is to appreciate one's culture. Mm-hmm. Right. So fantastic. Yeah, we yes. and we we go all out. This is not Jer just took a dump on the street. This is Texas week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Texas. A lot of Indians have relatives who live there. A lot of Indians in those neighborhoods because of the tech jobs. It's at true. a certain point where it's just like there are neighborhoods that are entirely Indian. Yep, it's the true. only markets are Indian markets, which, I mean, it's good. You know God where to find it. it. Delicious stuff. Curry uh, everywhere. Mr. Cullen, first off, why, why did you not come out and see us in Ireland? 
What? Well, firstly, I only find out that you're you're in Ireland when you you messaged me in DM said, "Hey, come on out to the show. We're starting in an hour and a half." That's and true. I'm three. I'm three hours. That sounds on the other like side you. It's it's not a big country, but I'm three hours away. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Yeah. But I gotta ask you. You went to Ennis. Yeah. Why? Why there? You uh, went straight to the Cliffs of Moher, and then you went to Ennis. Yes. Okay, so uh, Senator Rick Santorum's daughter was getting married, and so there was a big wedding there at the, uh, the Drumland, Drumland Castle. Yeah. So, yeah, we were there, and so that kind of dictated where we had to, to be. And then uh, this one bar, pub, uh, was it Lucas Bar? Lucas Bar. And Ennis said, sure, we'll host you. And the guy was really nice. For someone he was personally left, but was really respectful and, and let us broadcast from there. So it was kind of determined by who would have us. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I, I just would have loved if you'd gone to Money Gall. You know, you know of Money Gall? I, I don't. You don't? Oh my God! I can't believe you don't. So Money Gall <laughs> is this very small, rinky-dink rural town in the middle of nowhere, between on the border of Offaly and Tipperary, and it's basically the the entire town has become a shrine to Barack Obama. Oh. Well, how could I you not should, know? You should write travel commercials. Yes, yes. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be there too. It's very enticing. I can't wait. <laughs> So, so basically, Can't they have American flags. Now. I have to go and see this because he visited there. That was his an ancestral home. And they have American flags on the other side of the street. And every store, the hardware store, the pub, the restaurants, everything is something Obama in yeah. the name now. And it was hilarious when he was here because he went to Moneygall and he went to see the ancestral house. So he goes in. And the thing is, they're like, this is, must be very moving for President Obama to finally see the ancestral home of his relative. Who, Okay, very tenuous connection to his relative. This was not the original home. Okay, this, this building had been demolished 150 years ago. Really? So he was just walking into someone random person's house. You know, this must have been the original Wi-Fi connection that they had back in the 18th <laughs> century. I mean, As you can see, that's the Xbox 6, 360 controller back then. They didn't even have one. It was still 360. Um, sorry, I know Irish people will get mad if we even do the accent. But anytime I talk about someone, I do impressions of what they sounded like. Like sure. people selling stones at the cliffs of, of Moore. It was just, by the way, really boring stones. They just, we sell stones, like limestones. Igneous, <laughs> sedimentary. I've never seen it. I've never been to the Cliffs of Moher. I've done very little <laughs> tourism in my own country. Do you have sapphire? No. No, no sapphire. Just your basic, just your, your granite. We have granite <laughs> stones. It's like, why are you selling these? Why are you here? <laughs> uh, because I got to show up at 10.30 to work. It was, uh, nothing was open. I'll say this about Ireland. Nothing was open mm -hmm. in multiple towns until 9.30. They laughed at us when we said we wanted to get coffee at 8. Uh, I'm sure it's prob probably different in downtown Dublin, but it seems like that was pretty normal across the rest of Ireland. Yeah, Dub Dublin is as cosmopolitan as, as anywhere. I, I often joke now that there's a, there's a large Irish community in Dublin, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> there is, it, it's, everything is, is open relatively early, so it's... Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a mini London in that sense. But okay. when you're out west, particularly, it's as rural as it gets. So it's a very, I'm very much slower pace of life, which I, I'm, I'm quite fond of when I when I do some traveling around the country. It, it, listen, I, I get that. I will tell you this. I don't, never want to insult a, a country land. But because so many people were saying it is life changing and a lot of these people at the wedding, they would go back every year. Um, like, I'm good. Ireland was good. But, you know, it could just be because it was rain. It went to the cliffs of, of Mormon. It was like, raining. I'm like, it's nice, it, but I don't need to come back again. Um, namely, just because it, it just, uh, it, it, we have all of that in the States. Like, I thought the country, if you actually see, like, New England in the fall, uh, or even, like, northern Michigan, the dunes and the cliffs that we have, we, we yep. have a lot of that topography. So I was expecting something, I guess, uh I guess I was thinking more like the Highlands, which, of course, you know, that's that's Scottish. So um, but a beautiful country. People were very, very nice. One thing we talked about and you could probably uh, you'd probably know about this better than I would. When asked individually, you know, if people watch our live broadcast from the pub, people were much more right leaning than they thought. But then they would say, you know, you screwed up. Vote Hillary Clinton next time. And then it was like, wait, hold on a second. You just said we need to do something about Islamic terrorism and radicalization in Ireland. Why? Why is there that disconnect there? There's always a kind of a hedging, I find. You've got to remember, political correctness, that, that little worm that gets in your head, like it's, it's, just in, it's a virus, 
it, it still operates in people's minds, I think. So they, they yeah. will say things to you and be quite honest. And they'll say, you know, oh, you know, I, this, this, and whatever. But then they'll, they'll always hedge. They'll pull back just a little bit. Oh, no, but I'm all, I'm all for, you know, I'm not racist, but my country is changing before my very eyes. They always pull back just a little bit. Right. So it, it, in, it, with, the, with the media here and, and what's happening in college campuses as well, we, we have much of the same stuff that's a little bit on a, a lower boil than what you have in, in Canada, the United States. But... Uh, it's it's very left, you know. In it, it, there's nothing positive that will ever be said by RT News or TV3 or any of the other mainstream publications here or any of the the Irish Times or the Independent about Donald Trump. It will always be something negative, and I think well, it does have an effect on people. Well, you just said less so maybe than the United States and Canada. You would think your your media is less left leaning than our. No, media? no, I mean I mean the colleges probably aren't quite as okay. Yeah, they don't quite have the weaponized leftist autism that yes. you guys have there. Yeah, it's it's the left by default position, not yeah. necessarily the we're going to try and stab a policeman with a flagpole and a silver nail because we're Antifa type people. Sometimes, yeah, warrants yeah, it. we we have some Antifa guys, and I've had I actually had my my first threat from Antifa only a, a few a few weeks ago. So you know, obviously, I'm doing something right. Is that why but, you have the beard? Um, Is it like padding, or would it act like grip tape and absorb, make the shock? Absorbed directly to create blunt it's force like trauma the in the brain. Side of Elk Rail. <laughs> yes, he, he loses his fist in my face. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, so okay. So what do you? Where do you think this goes in with Ireland? Because you're saying it's not as bad in the in the colleges. Um, and I did find, I will say, funny enough, the one guy who was an absolute dick. Remember who said uh, he, he didn't want to talk to me? He would only talk to my wife, even though she's far more to the right than I am. But she's hot. Yeah. It was he was from London. Remember. He was right. from London, That's and he right. just hated Donald Trump and said he wanted to see him die. And I was sitting there like, but all the Irish people who disagreed were still pretty uh, respectful, which surprised me considering how uh, default left they were, not aggressively left. Would you say that's that's more common there, or or is that transitioning now where they're becoming like uh, American maybe, social maybe, justice? Maybe they were just drunk. Maybe they were drunk. Who knows? Who knows? Th there is, but I, I think... It's it's strange. I mean, maybe it's just he's coming from the UK and they've had political correctness a hell of a lot longer than we have. But I, I think in general, there has been a breakdown. And this is something that you, I know you've spoken to Stefan Molyneux about as well. Ireland used to have have this presence of being quite monolithic. Mm -hmm. With respect to the Judeo-Christian values and Catholicism, almost obviously to an extreme. I mean, they, the Catholic Church had a very cast iron grip on pretty much everything. Yeah, but I think that we've we've surrendered that by degrees gradually, mm -hmm. and uh, there there are some people. In, in a way, I think I think I think of Ireland less like a future Sweden, which it may very well be. Yeah, but. More like the way I, I keep hearing people saying Texas. Texas is becoming more liberal because a hell of a lot of people from California moved to Texas and it's they're true. starting to bring their right. So My I, Uber I driver this morning was from. I think California. you probably heard that on this show. Yes, yes, we talk yeah. about it a lot. Sorry, continue. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it is, and so it, it's just. I think it's just a matter of time before you're going to see that critical mass. But look, I mean, I I, I try and avoid talking politics in in uh, in the pub when I do. It's very. It's always kind of very hushed whispers if I meet a like-minded soul, you know, yeah. <laughs> who's like, yeah, you know, femi feminism or or social justice or Trump or whatever. We, we can't say anything. We can't say that. We, uh, so it's tough. And most everybody has bought into the political correct lie. So the Scotsman didn't I, yeah. care at the pub. Remember, he was the one guy who came up. We said, well, what do you think? He said, I like Trump because he's a fucking man. And he just didn't care. I that. It was I the drunken that. Scotsman came in, and he was like, I don't know if that's just part of their culture. He just couldn't care less if the people in the bar wanted to kick his ass. <laughs> so good. Um, and we had, to, we had to hustle him off. So, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that. And then I want to get to the YouTube front. But you mentioned sort of Catholicism having an iron fist in, in, uh, in Ireland. You know, in Quebec, that was the case. I was raised in, in Catholic public schools. And obviously, if you look at people who um, identify more as people who believe in God or are Christians, far, far lower all across Europe than in the United States, where we had no state enforced religion or denomination. And so often people think, we're going to actually have a Catholic uh, apologist come on and, and talk to me about this. They confuse this as anti-Catholicism when I say, actually, no, what I just need you to understand is anywhere the Catholic Church has ruled politically, it's lent itself to corruption, and then people reject uh, faith. You see beautiful cathedrals in Ireland, Completely, un no one attends them. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. And a, a classic example of that might have been. Uh, <laughs> this is perhaps one of the more controversial videos that I that I uploaded, but uh, it was with respect to the 2015 um, 
it was, the, it was the gay marriage referendum that we had here, the marriage equality right. referendum. And I think a lot, the only real somewhat credible, no, no side campaign was, was the Catholic Church. And I think a lot of Irish people felt, and this has always been my theory as to why Ireland has become as liberal as it is, it was a pendulum swing against the Catholic Church. They thought it's a zero-sum game. In order for the Catholic Church to lose, and they must lose, we must vote yes, because they're no. And that's that was just simply that. And so I, I think it's very similar to what you're describing. Um, it, it was a case of, look, you, you lose the vet. Look, I'm an atheist myself, but I've passed the angry atheist phase, I think a little bit like Stefan, because I know you guys spoke about this recently on the show. Sure. And it's it's a little bit a case of, look, the values were useful for uh, with respect to family and, and, and building a civilization as a, as, a, as a key pillar of your nation. And we've surrendered that. Mm-hmm. So I think what you what you end up having is this values vacuum and it's going to be filled by relativism and relativism is just simply going to say, well, if all cultures are basically created equally, then we have to accept the culture that is intolerant of every other culture. Yeah. So if you tolerate that, well, what do you think is going to happen? That one is going to be the dominant one. So that's ultimately the fear is that in a sense that this moral relativism that we have now from the left is a transport vehicle, a Trojan horse. That will that will enable mm. the Shariaization of your country. Well, it's Which, kind of secularization we've talked about creates a vacuum in off in Islam. If you look at their political prescription, they talk about yeah. filling those vacuums and, and how to do so. And it's penetrated even the Christian communities where you see people taking verses saying the, the idea that all humans are created equal. Sure. Under God, and then, like he said. All Therefore, cultures all cultures must be all ideas equal. must be created equal, and they're not. Um, final point, because we actually we, we didn't take. I'm surprised how quickly this feels like it's going along. We have to bring you back, and next time we're in Ireland, if it happens, or if you're stateside, let me ask you this: Do you think because you've seen this happen in Europe? Because I've noticed this a lot of sort of classical liberal atheists in Europe. Uh, are those who fight the most for freedom of speech and against political correctness, particularly on YouTube. You've covered this really well in a very fair approach to what YouTube is doing and how they're demonetizing videos and the self-censorship. Do you think you have maybe um, an extra sensitivity because you've seen it happen culturally, kind of where you live, and now you're seeing it happen online, digitally? Uh, you, you mean that we kind of feel like, hey, they're just coming after us specifically? Yeah. On you, well, like you said, all cultures and ideas are created equal, right? This is the mm-hmm. idea kind of in Europe. Therefore, that means you can't offend any of these cultures or ideas. And that's the stance YouTube's taken and obviously Facebook. And you've talked about that. Where they- oh, yeah. No, absolutely. As I've said before, the community guidelines of these social networks are, I mean, it's, it's easy for a government to simply play, place pressure on a corporation and say, change your community guidelines because ultimately when you look at them, they are the future laws set in stone. It's harder and it takes a little bit longer with, the, with you know, political bureaucracy to get laws passed. But, you know, you look at what's there with respect to hate speech on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube, and you are you are reading the future legislation of your countries, which is what you're seeing in the likes of, of Canada with Bill C-16 or uh, 80, uh, Bill 89 or, or M-103 or whatever it might be, or the hate speech laws that are being brought into the UK, um, you're, you're reading what will fu- what will rule you in the future, I think. Yeah. And uh, do you think that that'll be self-correcting because of the market on YouTube? I mean, conservatives, people like you and even myself, they dominate the YouTube political sphere right now. It's, it's not even close because there's been such a pendulum swing back. Do you think YouTube will have to respond to market forces or do you think they'll just they'll commit digital suicide? I, I think they will commit digital suicide, and I'll tell you why. I wouldn't have thought that if they weren't focused on developing YouTube TV, and I, I still think that YouTube TV will create a two-tier YouTube. So you're going to have this new on-demand streaming service that they're developing for a th- ridiculous $35 a month, and they're placing, I think, more of their eggs in that basket. I mean, you've got to remember that YouTube is not profitable for Google. Right. So th- I think what you're going to – and also on YouTube TV, the only YouTube aspects of it are the heavily curated con- uh, trending feed. Right. So you and I don't rank there. And also uh, YouTube Red. Yeah. So I'm not really seeing this uh, love for the grassroots content creators that built the platform and made it what it is right now. So I'm not convinced that we're going to have a long-term future on this platform. But thankfully, there are others emerging. Well, that's why uh, we created a Mug Club. And Stefan Mullen, who's a member, and we're with CRTV, uh, because we still think it's very important to be on YouTube since they hate us, since it is so left ironically, having people support us off-site, pay for premium content, is what allows us to create more free content. Now, where can people support you? 
uh, on Patreon for now, I guess, uh, which is one system. And, you know, if you want to throw me a, a, a dollar over on VidMe, which is also has a kind of similar system for premium subscriptions. Yeah, and maybe we can talk about off-air because we're, we're going to, obviously, we have everything at, at CRTV.com and LottoWithCrowder.com, but we'll want to get it on another video platform because right now it's YouTube and Facebook, and uh, it's awful. It's awful. Dave Cullen, thank you so much, sir. We'll have to have you back soon next time we're in the same country, which could be never. Yes. Many of you are still unaware of the items available at louderwithcrowdershop.com. Not only do they make you look and feel better, but they serve a multitude of purposes. Like our socialism is for fag shirts, assisting in identifying potential allies. I found that shirt very offensive. I think it's pretty funny. Or our Bad Hombres Firearm t-shirt, helping you know who to avoid. Am I to take that shirt to mean that you support some kind of firearm registry? Or this one. Hey, look, it's my face. I hate it. Though louderwithcrowdershop.com isn't for everyone. But can I buy the mug from the shop without joining the mug club? No. The rest of you, check out the merchandise at louderwithcrowdershop.com today. Our next guest on the program. Uh, unfortunately, he's calling he's today to from Pittsburgh. Well, we can't tell because he's got the Lieutenant Cabretti glasses. Know. You know him for the wonderful show, Ruben Report. Uh, we've loved watching uh, uh, Mr. Ruben come along the trail here. Uh, what are you doing in Pittsburgh, though? Well, Crowder, I don't like to brag, but I am in Pittsburgh <laughs> right now. You know, some people vacation on islands. People go to Hawaii or your Cabo. Your, your Cancun, that sort of thing. I go to Pittsburgh. I'm actually here. I'm with uh, ARI, the Ayn Rand Institute, and I did a live Rubin report last night for about 500 people, all talking about free speech. Although if you judge by the YouTube comments, it just means that I'm now, I've even further dissented into far-right alt-right white supremacist you know your your kind of stuff Crowder. yes exactly <laughs> because i'm hanging because i'm hanging out with these people even though i'm meeting just great lovely young college kids who all want to fight for for free speech and your ability to think on your own which apparently is a far-right rallying cry these days well i will say this though i mean you were you were kind of you said you're a centrist kind of more cent center left still you you think the liberal uh democrat party has left you but i mean you do have to admit Ayn Rand conference. You're kind of going the other direction on that one. That's a curveball, even, even for your audience. Well, no, you know, it's funny. These guys, they, they approached me. I had had uh, own Brook, who, uh, who you should definitely have on your show sometime. He's, he's the president of the organization. I had had him on my show and just had a, a chat like I would with anyone else, with you or anybody. And, and they had approached me and just to say, you know, do you want to do some stuff on colleges about free speech? And I said, look, if we don't have to agree on all the economic stuff, if I don't have to be an objectivist myself, if we can just do free speech. And if we agree on that, then that to me supersedes everything else. So yeah, I'm getting some flack for hanging out with them, but I, I don't regret it. And it, you, know, you know what it's like. It's yeah. like if you do anything, if you do anything with associate with anyone that your, your intellectual opponents don't want you to, you're going to get hate. So I, I leave my judgment up to myself, which I'm probably harsher than these morons anyway. Well, <laughs> well you know, I've actually gotten that recently from, uh, believe it or not, we talked about this, uh, Catholics. Just because I've talked about, you know, how I'm not a Catholic, and I was recently at a Catholic wedding. It was beautiful. It was in uh, Latin. But uh, I still don't agree with some of the theology. And I said, you know, if someone can come on and, and, and convert Crowder, we can make a thing of it. And people are like, why is your anti-Catholic bench showing? I'm like, hold on, hold, hold, hold on. I was at a Catholic wedding, like at table number two in Ireland, where they gave out rosaries. I'm not anti-Catholic. I just don't agree with all of it. So everyone's got their own thing. It seems like everyone's free speech until it's their thing. I wonder if that still applies to some of these college students. Um, yeah, well, of course it does. Look, we all have ideological consistencies. Dare I say, Crowder, even you and I, this perhaps if somebody was to delve deep enough into the to the minds of the two of us, they might find something intellectually inconsistent. I, I don't know off the top of my, him, top of my head, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, you know, it's funny you say that about Catholics because I lately I'm getting a ton of email from Catholics and Christians in the middle of the country saying, wow, it's just refreshing to hear of a liberal that isn't just condemning us to hell, so to speak. Sure. That's, that's actually listening to us. And, you know, that's why I've had Bishop Aaron from the Archdiocese of L.A. on my show. And just today we posted uh, an interview with uh, Rabbi David Wolpe from 
from Sinai Temple in Los sure. Angeles, and I'd, I'd be happy to talk to an imam or whoever, or an atheist or whatever. Well, we've had Imam Shouter on the show. Uh, wanted me to die, so that kind of went Great about guy. as I Great expected guy. Good it Good buddy to. of mine. Yeah, yeah. We had to create an entirely new uh, account just to call him. Remember, we put in those like bitcoins to yeah. buy, buy credits. Use and call my account. And the first thing he goes, we're calling. So, where are you calling from? We're like, oh, uh, you know, West. So, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. So you were basically funding terror? Hate no, 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 no. We, we didn't fund him. With Bitcoin. It was for us to be able to purchase Skype credits to call him. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him any, I wouldn't give him any money. The man, the man hasn't earned it. Um, well, you know, depending who you ask, I guess. Uh, different strokes for different folks. Let me ask you about this today. Uh, or, or today, now, we know what happened yesterday. We know what happened with the, with the shooting. The, we're talking about the first one. Uh, thank God yeah. no, one, no one was killed except for the scumbag who brought the rifle yep. to a baseball game. Uh, yeah. We kind of knew right on, on the outset there were enough reports I kind of thought it was suspect when uh, he shot at the Republican dugout. I thought that was a giveaway. It wasn't a general spray and pray. Um, are these Republicans or Democrats? Yeah, these are, I'm going to shoot at that dugout. But we, but we, we may never know this young man's motives. Um, this comes in the wake of Antifa. This comes in the wake of the Kathy Griffin, who has every right to do what she did. This comes in the wake of assassination of Trump at Shakespeare in the Park, and CNN's Fareed Zacharias says this is it's a masterpiece. I remember when they tried to blame Gabrielle Giffords on Sarah Palin because she had a congressional map with targets yeah. of seats that were up for grabs. Um, do you think, as someone who's more of a centrist, I truly believe that there is a tone shift and there's a culture of violence that is okayed by the left today, which concerns me. Yeah. I mean, look, this is basically what I've been talking about for the last three years now, that that the liberals are abandoning liberalism, which is based in logic and reason and live and let live. They're abandoning it for progressivism, which, of course, as you know, is this collectivist ideology. And that way, anyone that turns against it has to be purged out. So the language, because they use these words of racist and bigot and homophobe and all this stuff, because they label everyone that they disagree with, not not just some of us, but everyone that steps off the range yeah. gets labeled with this stuff. Well, if you label everybody that's your intellectual opponent as a Nazi, well, then obviously you've now painted yourself into a corner where the only logical step now is violence. So they've right. been pushing themselves into this corner. Uh, I, I did a video at the beginning of the year. I think it was my first video of the year where I said that, that 2017 is going to be the year of misdirected anger. And I think that's very obviously what's happening, that these guys have now... They've tacitly endorsed it. The language, the look, I defended Kathy Griffin's statements. I defended sure. Bill Maher's statements, which is a whole other thing. You know what he got in trouble for a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, the, the play is, it's all kind of gross. The play is kind of gross. The, what Kathy did is kind of gross. But I am a free speech absolutist. You have to take that in the sure. context of art. But, but to your bigger point, to your bigger point, yeah. They, they have been slowly going in this direction where if you keep saying Trump is Hitler, all of these people are Nazis. The, the GOP is all full of evil people and the conservatives are all trying to kill kill everybody and, and hate minorities. Well, then, of course, you're going to get people doing this. Well, stuff, let me, let me ask you this, just point blank. Let's say you believed right now, OK? Let's say you actually believed that Trump was a Nazi, meaning you actually believed Trump was Hitler, meaning he, he was killing innocent people who or, or political dissidents uh, and you believed he was doing it in massive numbers. Wouldn't violent steps be appropriate if that were the case? Well, there's an interesting philosophical discussion to be had on that, that, you know, if uh, if Hitler, if you knew years before what Hitler was going to do, would it be ethically or morally no, no, responsible I'm I, or right? But I don't think that applies yeah. here because I'm saying if you already knew that he was doing it now, which is basically what the left is saying, my point is, right. of course, you, need, you can excuse reacting violently if you think Trump is killing Jews or blacks or liberals or whatever. If you think that, if you genuinely think that, yeah, you're going to act out violently. I know that if I believed Barack Obama was was gassing Christians because he was a secret Muslim born in Kenya, if I actually believed that, I'd be like, okay, there needs to be more than a harsh letter. And, um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I do wonder how much of it is them just wanting an excuse to act out versus people who've actually bought into the rhetoric and believe it like this shooter. It, it's hard to delineate now. Well, look, let, let's be clear about this. Uh, first off, is it true? I, I don't want to spread a rumor, but I heard that he, this guy might have volunteered for the Sanders campaign. That's true. That? Yes. OK, OK. So Bernie Sanders true, acknowledged it. Of course. OK, so I, I've been running around over here, so I'm a little uh, a little behind. So, OK, so if that's true and then I saw all his Facebook posts and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, imagine if it was reversed and this was a guy who volunteered for Trump 
and had all, you know, Infowars and Crowder and blah, 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 <laughs> and all this stuff. You see what I did there? I see what um, you did there. I, I, I dig <laughs> it. I could appreciate the gem. Wait, by the way, can we pause for a second? Because you are seriously culturally appropriating something with that shirt well, it's, right it's, it's cultural appropriation. It's cultural appropriation month because to appropriate is to appreciate cultures, and this week is India. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. Again, I'm a, a little behind on things here. Um, so look, if, if it had been the reverse, and it was a guy that volunteered for Trump and, and, uh, and all that, and, and we saw all the sites he was on, everybody, we know what the narrative would be. Everybody would be going bananas. Everybody would be demanding Trump apologize and all that. Sure. And it's like, look... This is what the left has been cultivating. I don't blame Bernie for this. I don't blame Bernie. I only blame the person who did it and the ideology where it came from. This is why I've been spending so much time on the left. And I think I'm, I'm saving some of the refugees of the left, the, the people that don't want to be zombified. Right. Uh, but there's a huge there's a huge battle here. Well, I, huge I, I, here. I think it is something that uh, and I reason the reason I think that now you're at this Ayn Rand summit, you know, people would say that's extreme. I don't think it is. <laughs> but I think the reason that there's kind of this natural trajectory for everyone who is no longer a hardcore leftist, I will say this. Uh, you could walk right in there right now. You could walk into the College Republicans and just yell out, uh, I'm gay and I like gay marriage, and you would never fear violence. We had to fear being pro-right-to-work states if we went to union rallies. We had to fear uh, going to uh, you know, the Occupy Wall Street if we said that we uh, don't believe in the policies of Barack Obama. Conservatives have always had to fear violence if they go into leftist territory, whereas it, it does happen, but it's not the rule. And every person who was a former liberal uh, who we've had on the show or I've talked with personally has said there is a different tone where now that I'm, I'm on the right or even center, I, I, I fear I have to keep my head in a swivel when I go to the leftist stuff if I disagree. Yeah. And we talked about yesterday, we talked about how even the people that are labeled far right extremists like the Portland stabber, like the Dylan Roofs, registered Democrats, <laughs> yeah. Bernie yeah. supporters yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you look, we're not private investigators, so you don't want to go garner and glean too much information from what the guy had on Facebook or any of that stuff. You have to wait and see, see, but you, you can take some taste from that. But, but your point is totally right. Look, I did a thing, as I said, 500 people there last night. I got a standing ovation. I was making jokes about being gay married. Now, the, the, the point though that you're getting to is because these ideologies, whether, whether you fully buy objectivism or not, is, is irrelevant. But I, any ideology that's more based in the individual and in liberty, you're going to be more tolerant of other people. So yeah. for, for me, I only get invited to colleges from the young Republicans, conservatives <laughs> of tomorrow, the students for liberty, blah, blah, blah. I never, I, I mean, I kid you not, zero Crowder, zero invites from Democrat this, progressive that, anything. Yeah. Gay married, pro-choice, pro-legalization of marijuana. I'm against nation building. I'm against the death penalty. So who's the tolerant side? You know? Yeah, I know. And I, you know, and I, here's one thing I do appreciate about you. Uh, you know, we had Mark Duplass on uh, a second time. We had him on, then and then I know he started making the rounds, which we're really happy to see him do. But I know the second time we had him on, he just he he said some things that I disagreed with. I said, well, you know what, Mark, I appreciate you coming on the show, but I I have to correct that because that is factually inaccurate. And he was a little. Taken aback, he thought, well, I, I don't want to be combative. I just want to listen. And I appreciate that. But I do think listening is only valuable if it is in search of truth. And I do appreciate that even if you have people on your show, you're civil, but you're one of the few people who is civil and will still challenge guests and still ask questions and take an opposing viewpoint without being like, you're a dick. So I do appreciate about, about, about you. Um, final. Well, Potter, that's, why, that's why, just real quick, I mean, yeah. that's why I will always consider you more of an ally than people that supposedly are on my team that don't share that sentiment about what conversation is all about. You know, we, we don't have to agree on everything at, at all. The fact that we could do this, and I know you're a decent guy, and guess what? We live in a freaking pluralistic society of 300 million people. Guess yeah. what? You gotta learn to tolerate other opinions, right. unless you wanna live in North Korea or in Germany 1942. Yeah, uh, uh, or, or North Korea, I think, uh, any 42. Just take it. Take any two. Take any year ending or starting with two. Uh, any time on the clock with the two hundred. Okay, uh, yeah, Ruben France, twenty seventeen. You know. Whatever. Oh God, yeah, I know. And this is Bernie thinks this is fresh. He thinks European socialism is fresh and new. That's another topic we discussed this week. We'll get back into. Hey, uh, Ruben report on YouTube where people can find you. Final question. I know you said you joke about being gay married. Um, when you get gay married, do you exchange mirror polished glasses? <laughs> is that? The <laughs> 
you know, it's really, it's so sad here because my life outside of whatever the hell this is that I do is so boring and regular and we eat dinner and we watch Seinfeld and we go to sleep. And then we walk the, you know, we wake up and walk the dog. Like it really. But I will forever picture you doing those things with these cobra glasses. They are just absolutely <laughs> hypnotizing. Good on you. You like that? Isn't I, that nice? Isn't they're they're very yeah. nice. I just, you know, you're so you are so generally kind of reserved. The bling is uh, a little unexpected, but you know what? It works. It works. A little yeah, leave well, in Las Vegas. I'm trying to be intimidating here on the mean streets of Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah, intimidating with your glasses and your white iPhone. That's He's in the worms, Tommy. <laughs> All right, that is YouTube.com slash Reuven Report. Thank you for taking the time, sir, and uh, stay safe, because I hear they're aggressive. We'll be right back. Right. Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jerry. Summer's a great time to be active and enjoy some of your favorite activities outside, like riding a bicycle. Even better, it's a great time to teach a new friend. But most important, safety first. Ensuring that people are wearing the right gear to ensure a pleasurable and injury-free experience. It's also paramount to learn the proper safety hand signals. For example, this means I'm turning left, this means I'm turning right, and most importantly, this means stop. Now that we've taken the proper measures, it's time to stay safe and have fun. Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jared. Sponsored by Mug Club. I was trying to be flexible. I picture their dances require a, it. a lot of flexibility. They do. I have no idea. Apparently not super flexible as a culture, though, uh, as seen by defecating in streets. 50%, 50%. of Indians defecate wherever. By the way, little known fact. I know people are going to get really mad. So 50% of Indians uh, go out in the open. Um, true story, I swear as well. For the first time ever, uh, Hopper got sick and, and defecated. He had an accident in the house. He used the corner. So, uh, we're going to talk about... Let's consider a breed. Uh, thank you so much, Dave Rubin, Dave Cullen. Please follow them, support them. And uh, big, big week next week. Next week we have... We'll be in New York. We'll be broadcasting from New York mm -hmm. because we're going for a YouTube conference. Some of it's super secretive, but I think we're the only conservatives who have been invited out there to this summit. Uh, so we'll be broadcasting on Wednesday from New York City. Gavin McGinnis will be with us. I think uh, my lawyer, Bill Richmond, will be with us. We have a, uh, well, I think we have Annie Cyrus on Monday. Mm -hmm. And then Tuesday, we have a full one-hour discussion with Dennis Prager. Just a sit-down. People liked good. him so much on the show. They said, listen, I would love it if you could have a long-term sit-down with him. He's he, he's a guy whose brain I just love to pick. He, yeah. he knows his stuff. And uh, it's funny, you know, before, doc, before Dr. Peterson, and a lot of people have really found uh, they found a lot of, of a lot of satisfaction. They've a lot of personal growth in people who will uh, administer sort of these long form videos or pieces of content. They'll actually sit and listen. Which remember when the internet started? There was no way. They're like, no, it's no. short. Always got to be yep. short, short, yep. short, short. To the point where now YouTube actually their monetization is based on length. They want things to be longer. Yeah. And they actually were incentivizing people by putting in more commercial breaks. But which when is it's funny because Facebook doesn't seem to get that. They still seem. The Facebook platform lends itself to really short because it's the attention span of, you mm -hmm. know, like it's there and gone. Because it's scrolling through a timeline. Timeline. But that's not the general right. thing across the, the Internet as a whole. And you know what? That's actually, that's proof positive that people who actually, oh gosh, my hair. There's no way to get this right after the wig. No. During the breaks I got and now it just went, it's just, it's, no. it's hard just because of the headphones. I give, give up. That's one thing. Indians, they have luscious thick hair. Good on them. Good on them. And mustaches. Can't grow beards, though. But this is proof positive. Whenever someone says, oh, this culture is lost, I remember talking with uh, some relatives who said, these kids, they have an attention span of, of 30 seconds. That's all you can do. I read a study that that's all they'll watch an online video for. That was true when it started. But here's the thing. When an entire generation of people grow up with a technology that was new to you, they adapt, and the technology adapts. Another example, remember pop-ups? 
Remember how intrusive pop-ups were? Now, if you go to a news site or something, you, you occasionally get like a pop-up or pop-under ad, which mm-hmm. really aggravates me. I'm yeah. not talking about a pop-up sign-up for a mailing list. We all kind of expect that. You close it. Yeah. Remember when you started, uh, the, when you did your little Netscape Navigator horrible. as a kid? It was just pop-up after, you, it was a roll of the dice every time you went to a new URL. Yeah, by the way, my, my first experience with that was uh, I was a group VeggieTales fan. Oh, no. I thought, I thought LarryBoy.com might have been a good good thing to... Turns out it just riddles your page with pop-ups. It's like your hard drive has AIDS, only there is no cure. There's yeah. no Magic Johnson. You live with it. Your computer was done. That got better. It People does. adapted. Kind of like there were no young conservatives on YouTube when we started. Sometimes things get better. And I know the doom and gloom sells everybody, uh, ad space and the conservative side. But I will say this. I'm, I, I really do have a lot of hope. Uh, for our generation, for generations that follow. I do. I absolutely do. Technology has gotten better. Kids have become more safe online. They're more protected. Yeah, there's some bad that comes with it. I think people are disconnected with social media, but I think you're going to see the next generation. They've grown up with social media that they go, ah, it's kind of old hat. And their thing will probably be to get in drum circles. Everything old is new again. One thing I will say, we're getting letters already. We're getting tweets about the cultural appropriation. Yes, we did it. And yes, I don't expect to have a show at a mainstream network anytime soon. I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. All right. Um, but one thing is, is, is uh, by the way, we'll also have Michael Voris coming on the show to convert me to Catholicism. We've that actually made had... the rounds. I said, if anyone you know, wants to come on and we can discuss Catholic theology, because I had a few people who said, if you were a truth seeker, you'll become a Catholic. Mm-hmm. We're going to convert do a full show. Convert Crowder Week. And, it, and I do mean that genuinely. I think we have way more in common than we do differences. But this will be a good way to discuss uh, theological and philosophical differences. By popular demand. It's happening by popular demand. Michael Voris, and also something hopefully uh, atheists can, can glean something from. It should be interesting uh, to learn the differences in uh, certain, I guess you would say, verticals of Christianity. But I will say this. When this happened, and people were talking about converting Crowder to Catholicism, that was why, if you thought there was no kind of segue in my brain, I remember in the comments section, some people were saying, you know, I really, or with Jordan Peterson, or you'll probably get it with Dennis Prager, you know, I really wish Crowder just stopped joking. I really wish they stopped joking over there. Him and Jared are smart. I, I just, it's, it's just, it's just too much. I just wish they were more serious. They could do a lot of good if they were more serious. First off, that's not going to happen. Now, if you watch the hour plus interview with Jordan Peterson, it is pretty serious. And actually, if you compare it to other interviews with any famous YouTubers, uh, ours got into much deeper theological discussion. He even said as much. I mean, they were more challenging questions. People here are actually pretty, pretty educated. I wouldn't say black belt IQs, but certainly uh, above the room average. Um, same with Dennis Prager. Yeah, we're going to try and keep it fun. This is an entertainment program, but this is something that I think is important on the right. Um, you cannot, and this happened with, with this uh, Catholic post where people are saying, I, I wish you were more serious. You could do better if you were more serious. You cannot bitch. You cannot complain about the fall of Western civilization culture and say, you know, the youth, they've been corrupted through decadent or through, vo- through, through entertainment and through film and through music. That's all these kids care about. Look, they, they don't know what, it, what it's like anymore. They don't know what a hard day's work is like. They don't know what the real world, everything with them is entertainment. We've lost them because of a corrupt culture. You cannot give the culture that much power and then strip conservatives or the right wing of using it. You can't do that and then say, you know what? You'd be a lot more effective if you sermonized. That's one thing. And you know what it is? You don't believe it. People out there, because a lot of followers say this too, where they say, you know, I, I, I watch this or my pastor and I, we love your show. But then some people in the church complain and say, why are you watching this? And, well, you know, what do you say to him? Do you think it might be more effective? Listen, I think there are some people out there who are more effective being serious. And I also think that some people, there's a particular person who emailed me this week asking if he thought that maybe he should... Uh, abandoned his approach, that he was kind of the funny guy and uh, wasn't taken seriously, but was pretty smart and, and he felt bad about it. No, I don't, I don't think you need to. I think humor and entertainment is an incredibly valuable tool. And the right has, has empowered it by making it out to be the big bad boogeyman. But then when the right is able to be just as powerful, they condemn it and they condemn you. Mm-hmm. So if that's who you are and that's who we are on the show, you should be authentic to that. That's the one thing where conservatives have lost so much ground is they've expected, if, if, if you go to a college Republicans meeting, certainly 10 years ago, I don't know what it's like now, it looked like a Tucker Carlson Jr. lookalike convention. I'm talking uh, pre-non-bowtie uh, Tucker Carlson. You know, the gimmick with the bow tie and the plaid jackets, kind of Don Cherry, that Tucker Carlson era. No one looked different, no one acted differently. And that's a bad thing. And I think the reason you're seeing this upswing and you're seeing on YouTube this, this conservative uh, fighting back, this battlefront where we're actually winning is because think about it. Dave Rubin, 
uh, Dave Cullen, think of whoever else. Uh, you know, Milo obviously is somebody. You have someone like a Tommy Loren. You have someone like an Owen Benjamin. There are so many different people and so many dis different voices. I don't think it's a coincidence that only since that has happened, some black guy mm -hmm. was one of them, that only since that has occurred that you've seen conservatism and the ability to communicate its ideas to a new generation bloom. So uh, to the person who emailed me, no, I don't think that if you're known as the funny guy and people don't take you seriously, I don't think you need to change your approach. Just like we're not going to change our approach. The reason that we've taken this approach, how many times have you heard? Think about it. Oh, why isn't there a conservative answer to the Daily Show? All late night, it's all left wing, everything. It's just Samantha B, The Daily Show, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Kimmel. You hear them bitch about it all the time. Yeah. Well, guess what? You have it now. Here we are. This is it. If you have a problem with it, you're just somebody who likes to bitch professionally. And that's fine to do in the comment section on this show, really, because we don't expect everyone to like this. I, I'm surprised as many people watch this show as they do. <laughs> but don't do it in your churches. Don't do it in your social groups. Don't do it in your schools. Don't do it in your college Republicans group, where if someone there is a little different and someone likes to have a laugh and someone likes to bring some levity to a situation, don't condemn them. Don't tell them they need to be more serious because that's creating this. That's, that's piety and it's false. And it doesn't help anybody. So think of someone maybe this week going forward in your life. Maybe you've done that. Or maybe you felt people who've done that to you. Tell them, now listen, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do it your way. Don't do it somebody else's way because they say so. And if you are telling other people to do it your way, we're not talking about principle or the message. But if you find yourself ever telling someone they need to change their packaging, and I'm sure I'm guilty of this at some point. There have probably been people, you know, everyone pushes buttons. I'm sure someone has pushed mine. But if you find yourself doing that, or if you find yourself in a situation where someone is doing it to you, stop it or stop them. And tell them, ah, okay, I don't have to do things your way. You know why? Because America, not India. By the way, more cultural appropriation next month. Tomorrow is Morning Grinders for Mug Club members, and we'll see you Monday for Mug Club members. If not, you're cheap.